righty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 515. That's a big number. Um, and we're recording live on May the 4th, or May the 4th be with you, I, I think some people say. It's Star Wars Day, I guess. Um, so yeah, uh, do, are you feeling the uh, the force is with you today, Arianna? How are you? You know, I could use some force to be with me, so I I hope so. I mean, I'm making it through, you know, I'm like doing the mom thing, doing the moving thing, doing the work thing. So I'm, I'm doing my best to manage. So I've got to have some force with me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, well, good. For How about you? you? Are you feeling I'm okay? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like, uh, you know, um, no other, no uh, sort of issues from the vaccine or anything like that. So, economy seems to be uh, stable. Um, you know, where it's looking like the cases are going down again here uh, in Ontario. So there's hope, and that we could reopen soon in the next couple of weeks. I'm I'm hoping. Um, so that's good. And I'm I'm getting excited about this TV show thing that I'm doing, which is now 30 days away from now. I'll be hopefully in Miami recording that, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. That'll be interesting. So, yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah. So, anyhow, we've got a a good show coming up. We've got four stories as usual that we're going to cover. Um, an array of interesting things, some acquisitions and and financings. Um, uh, to talk about today. So uh, I'll let Aubriana start us off. All right. So we'll kick it off with an acquisition. Snap has acquired a 3D mapping company called Pixel 8 Earth. Um, these, uh, this company is, is a uh, Boulder, Colorado-based company, uh, and they acquired them for $7.6 so likely a pretty small startup there. But this transaction took place right around the same time that, um, you know, they had this Fit Analytics uh, $124 million deal uh, that they undertook as well. So there's, you know, they're kind of on this acquisition spree. We've seen them buying up some smaller companies and there's, they're going to keep four of the employees on board, um, supposedly to work on this map product development and, you know, building out some tools that are, you know, going to be used with the location-based augmented reality features that uh, Snap's been rolling out, like their local lenses. Um, you know, it's not super clear if Snap's going to keep them as their own company or if they're just going to roll up their tech. I mean, if I were a betting woman, my money would be that they're just going to roll up their technology. Um, and, you know, some interesting things to think about as, as Snap continues to buy up these companies and how they're performing is they reported in February, I think it was maybe at their investors meeting or something that uh, they had about 250 million people um, using the, the Snap map on a monthly basis. So, you know, they're definitely seeing some growth and, and some adoption of that feature for sure. And, you know, they're also looking at other new fields right now. They're looking at social shopping, you know, connected commerce, all of these different kind of more payment related options. And I think that that's really cool. I like the idea that they are, you know, starting to, to I don't know, pull these things together because their lenses are fun, right? You know, when they have these ads that are running, which are good as well, but like being able to shop and, and, uh, 
you know, have that that commerce piece of it uh, with their advertisers, I think is huge. I think it's what makes them unique, honestly. Um, and, you know, they're really they're really looking to ramp up this map features as well. Uh, like and seeing more story posting, more people going out now that the vaccination, you know, is is getting a lot of massive adoption and they're starting to see improvement and health and just opportunities for people to get out with the warmer weather. So, you know, I think they're really looking to have these like behaviors going back to maybe what they were before and an inflection there um, coming up. So this is cool, you know, to see get a glimpse of like, what's their roadmap look like? What are they headed towards? And obviously very, very focused on the location features. Um, and, you know, they they're keep, they keep investing in that and investing in companies that can bring that technology to them. Uh, you know, for a company like Snap, seven point whatever million is kind of, you know, probably their, their monthly like toilet paper funds. So, it, you know, they can kind of print that in their sleep at this point, so. Small investment, but probably great for that company. And obviously that's that's a high priority for them. It is. And for, for me, um, you know, I, I really like this deal for a couple of reasons. So one is obviously, you know, as, as the head of the Location-Based Marketing Association and kind of, you know, looking at it from our industry's point of view, it, it really, to me, is, is a strong statement, a strong signal that SNAP believes in the power of location data and, you know, uh, how you layer that into experiences and augmented reality and their local lenses and everything they do. It's, 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 I won't go so far as to say they're a location company completely yet, but they're on their, they're, you know, they're definitely there, right? Like in terms of features and capabilities and data, right? So they're, um, they may not have started with the same heritage as, as say a Foursquare, like, you know, uh, from that point of view, but in terms of data and analytics, uh, I think they're, you know, you could argue they're, they're on par there in many ways in terms of, you know, their capabilities. So I think that's interesting. I think as far as the acquisition specifically, um, you know, uh, I like it for two reasons. One is if you're investing in, in location data analytics and, and mapping capabilities, uh, you know, going to the heart of at least the North American heart of that uh, world is Boulder, Colorado, right? So that's, you know, where Google uh, Earth's uh, team is based, um, you know, and operations is based. Um, the four founders of Pixel 8 Earth, um, you know, I looked in a little bit into their background. So they're all uh, either connected to uh, GOIQ or Digital Globe uh, in their background. So these guys are a strong location mapping and data company uh, backgrounds. Um, so I assume those are the four people that are moving along. I don't know that for sure, but uh, there are there were four founders of, of Pixel 8 Earth. Um, so I think that's uh, that that's really interesting. And I think it's a, it's a really uh, strong endorsement by Snap and by Evan and the team over there that, you know, they really believe in, in the importance of, of location data and mapping and, and how that can play into the future of their products. And I think specifically around the augmented reality and the lenses part, uh, there's a huge growth opportunity there. I think as foot traffic starts to come back, you know, as the you know recovery happens, uh, you know, layering these lenses in, in terms of retail experiences and, and engagement, I think becomes huge, right? So um, I'm excited about this. I'm looking forward to seeing what new features can can be born or, or extended upon the existing uh, Snap uh, map and the uh, local lenses uh, platforms. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it. Snap has a great application for utilizing user data, right? For getting that location data, there's a great application for it. So 
I think that the road ahead for them is is uh, is much brighter than it was probably five years ago. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Moving uh, from uh, you know what's going on in Colorado these days to uh, over to Europe now, uh, an interesting partnership or uh, has emerged between Trace Safe which is a leading wearable safety tech uh, workforce uh, safety solution company, and Plot Projects, which is a company well known to us at the LBMA uh, out of our uh, Dutch operations. Um, and uh, so they've teamed up to kind of take the wearable safety uh, um, technologies that TraceSafe has and blending that with uh, Plot Projects, which specializes in kind of Bluetooth and beacon uh, and geofencing solutions. Um, and ultimately, what we're talking about here is developing a package of solutions that is privacy-centric uh, in its design uh, and providing workplace safety. So one of the challenges right now in a pandemic time is many employers, many workplaces are, are finding the need to understand what's going on physically within their environments so you know obviously on this show for years we've talked about you know beacon technology and things like that but you know when it comes to doing that in a way that is anonymous and privacy compliant that's a whole new world right and and it's sort of something that's you know really emphasized when you look at what's going on you know in in this specific covid time so doing things like, you know, measuring are people properly social distancing inside of a factory or, or a workplace environment, uh, you know, if somebody has tested positive or, you know, is, is, is a known case, you know, knowing who else was in close proximity to them and being able to notify them or having the employer be able to, you know, quickly identify that and kind of limit the, uh, the number of cases or potential outbreaks or things like that become really important. Uh, and so obviously location technology, indoor positioning technology, wearable devices, you know, that employees can have on them, all of that stuff can play a huge role in, uh, you know, making that uh, easier and more efficient. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the keys to this partnership in particular is, is not just the, the hardware technology synergies between the two companies, but that both companies are really coming at this from a privacy by design, anonymous data point of view. Um, so the, the, the joint solution basically anonymizes all the data. Um, it's, um, you know, and, and it's able to kind of operate without any kind of GPS or, you know, sort of, in, you know, sort of need for, for satellite data or things like that in terms of tracking. So I think it's interesting. I can tell you, you know, if I put on my other hat at Ground Level Insights here, you know, in the work we're doing with our Canatrace solution and working with a lot of employers, um, you know, we're hearing about this specific need almost every day. Like we work with a lot of employers, a lot of factories, uh, warehouses, things like that. And this is something they talk about on a daily basis, right? The need for this kind of workplace safety uh, management solution. Um, so I, I definitely see the value of this. And I think this brings, you know, a really interesting, um, you know, sort of blended solution between the two companies into the uh, European market. Yeah, I agree. I think this is, um, you know, you know, on one hand, you're like, is this too little too late here? We're at the, you know, hopefully what is the tail end of this pandemic? You know, we're looking forward to getting back to some sense of like traveling and normalcy. However, I think that there's going to be this constant that continues with the tracing, right? Because this is not the end of 
viruses. This is not the end of, you know, anything that maybe is, you know, beyond contagious, but, you know, looking at contagious disease, but also beyond that, when you're thinking about like health safety, did you see something, um, you know, being able to know what happened at certain points in time and who was around and having that maybe anonymous tracking that's available and privacy sensitive, I think can go well beyond just the, the maybe physical health aspects that we're thinking of here. So I like this. Um, and I think that the future, you know, is, is bright there for, you know, if it's used in the right way and not in like a creepy minority report kind of way, uh, perhaps there's, you know, great opportunities for us to look at what other implications of the, are there to this type of technology um, what I like about, you know, what I like about ground level more is that there's no like wearable that's necessary. You know, you've got just that equipment that's kind of tracking that in an anonymous way um, and, and just, you know, making sure that that data is captured. Like, are they wearing a mask? Are they, you know, staying six feet apart? All of those things that could also just be like, you know, anonymously who was here, sort of like the the Apple and Google testing that they wanted to do where being able to have that anonymous key and um, kind of that encryption factor to say like, hey, you were near somebody who yeah. tested positive or hey, you were near some event that happened. Did you see anything suspicious like or whatever? Right. So um, I think there's some good applications to this again, if it's uh, if it's applied in a good way. Yeah. And, and that being said, though, like I, I, I agree with you on, on, on that, but I think there are situations where apps aren't uh, appropriate or not possible or camera analytics like we do for checking for masks or not are not yeah. possible uh, and so you know having other approaches to it with a wearable or something else I think you know is, is a good idea and while I 100% agree and I'm hopeful like you that I think um, you know this this virus is starting to you know wane and get under control the reality is is we're nowhere near uh, you know, reopening in the way that we think. So and I'll, I'll speak specifically here for Toronto because we're involved, you know, like like downtown, you know, sort of financial district in New York or Chicago or here in Toronto, like those big office towers, you know, the big financial towers and whatnot, they've been completely empty, uh, you know, for a year and a half now, right? And I know people who work in those towers and they've been told by their employers, they're not going back until at least, you know, next, next January, next spring, and part of that is, is not just because the virus is under control, it's, you know, how do you move, you know, you know, thousands of people, you know, up an elevator, you know, you know, you know, in a timely fashion, you know, and keep social distancing and all the, there's so many things like that, that have nothing specifically to do with the virus, right? But are just about, you know, proper social distancing and protocols that are going to need to be in place to just make sure that we're not you know, you know, sort of putting ourselves into a bad situation again, right? Um, and things like this that measure distancing and, and where people are and who is who is in that elevator or not, you know, become really interesting, right? So um, anyways, I, I definitely see a, a market uh, for these types of things as we go forward. So yeah, right, story. Yeah. And on that same note, um, you know, of companies that are taking advantage, perhaps of like the uh, Sorry, <laughs> taking advantage of uh, perhaps the, you know, what is to most of humankind's detriment, you know, we're going to try and see how we can position this as a 
business win quotient has launched what they're calling a vaccination dashboard. Um, no, this is not to help you find a place to get a vaccination or get in line or get an appointment. This is actually um, targeted towards advertisers. So buyers can use this tool to monitor uh, shifts in foot traffic. They can identify opportunities to reach consumers specifically around these COVID-19 vaccination sites. Um, so whenever those vaccines are being distributed, they can look at you know, those places like grocery stores, pharmacies, doctor's offices all across the US. Um, and, you know, basically what they're hoping is obviously I think there's, I mean, I've seen a lot of lines for waiting for vaccinations, um, you know, socially distance lines nonetheless, but, uh, you know, also there's this 15 minute waiting period where you kind of just got to hang out and make sure everything's okay before you get up and go after getting this, this vaccine. And this waiting period creates an additional opportunity for advertisers and retailers to, to engage with consumers that are in that specific area. Um, you know, and they're saying that this is a time of high, a high purchase intent, you know, maybe Maybe it's a great time to show them an ad for travel. Like, hey, I'm feeling super safe now that I got my vaccine, my second shot. Like, let me go ahead and and book some flights out here in the in the future. Um, you know, so this is basically helping these advertisers to gain this insight um, into movement in and around these these locations um, and take advantage of it. So, you know, this is very interesting to me that you're like it. <laughs> On one hand, it's like a medical thing and you feel kind of a little bit questionable about that. But on the other hand, it's more about the dwell time, right? Like this is, you've got people that are, you know, in higher numbers than usual um, around these, these facilities for specific purposes. So why not show them something um, specifically if your, your product or, you know, service that you're selling is maybe something that they feel more equipped to purchase or go do, you know, after being able to have this vaccination. So I find this, you know, interesting and like good, honestly, good on quotient for thinking about this and how to, how to connect those, those advertisers with consumers while they know they're going to be just sitting there scrolling on their phones. Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah. So, so I'll say this. I, I, I think this is, for quotient, this is a great move. I think it it opens up some interesting, you know, sort of niche targeting opportunities for advertisers uh, at a very opportune time. There's a lot of dwell time there. People are waiting in lines. It makes complete sense. I mean, obviously, the the counter to that is is I think there's nothing unique about this um, at all. Any location data analytics company could, you know, offer a similar targeting service. Uh, you know by simply mapping out those vaccination sites and then you know sort of you know offering up the uh you know the the ids that are there so um but good on them for doing it good on them for being the first to kind of position around that um i think it makes a ton of sense um and i think there are a lot of advertisers and a lot of brands that would really want to reach you know this particular audience um so I, I I really like it. Um, you know I'm excited for for the for the team over there in terms of you know being able to leverage this and grow and and you know find some some interesting new revenue from it. So you know uh, it might sound a bit capitalistic, but that that's the that's the country that you're in. So <laughs> let's uh, let's go with it. So um, yeah, yeah, that's all I have to say. 
All right. Uh, speaking about capitalistic and raising capital now, uh, we'll shift over to our friends at Placer.ai. They've raised a uh, $50 million Series B uh, raise, um, and so just announced this. Um, it's led by uh, Josh Buckley, who's the uh, Chief Executive Officer of Product Hunt, as, and, as well as a guy named Todd Goldberg and Raul Vora, as well as previous investors who've uh, reinvested, uh, Fifth Wall, uh, JBV Capital, and LF uh, VC. So, you know, significant amount of capital here. Uh, they had raised $12 million in a Series A just back in January of last year. So, you know, we're a year and a little bit later and another 50 million. So, uh, you know, for me, I found this interesting. And, and, and the reason is, is that obviously we know the industry, you know, has struggled a little bit, um, you know, for this type of, you know, location data, you know, that's, you know, aggregating data from app SDKs and all of that kind of stuff. We've talked a lot about the changes in the rules and the privacy and, you know, the IDFAs and all of that, you know, for, for months now. Um, the interesting thing as I read this story is they've argued that yes, while they're sort of normal clients in the retail sector, you know, that, you know, have been closed or not seeing the foot traffic have, have definitely suffered, they found new revenue in the CPG sector and the uh, hedge fund uh, industry. So I found that kind of interesting. Um, and I will say this much, I, I can't speak to the CPG part of it specifically, but I can speak to the hedge fund part of it. You know, because I know um, a lot of uh, of different investment banking groups out there uh, that we interact with, and they definitely, you know, have been looking for new insights, new data to help sort of predict where markets are going to go or where certain stocks are going to go or things like that. And I think, you know, looking at location data in this way uh, as a sort of insight into kind of where where the market is going makes perfect sense for that industry. Um, I do think that, um, you know, you need to do more than just present the data. Um, I think you need to sort of apply, you know, true artificial intelligence and predictive, you know, modeling to it to make it truly valuable. Uh, and I can't speak specifically to, you know, what they're offering, you know, in, in that area. But I do know that their data set is strong um, and, they, they, you know, it, it's quite expansive in terms of what they've got. And, and now they got $50 million to kind of grow that out. Right. So, um, you know, good for them. And um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it obviously it makes sense. This is not it's also not a new application to be selling this type of data to hedge funds. Right. I mean, it's all about prediction and and trends and where the market's going. So, you know, I think there's some level of location data um, and AI, like the machine learning, you know, that has to be applied in the right way to make sense of that. That is, it's not really, I don't know that it's proprietary exactly because there are other, you know, companies selling this type of data and insights to hedge, you know, hedge funds. So that's, interesting it's standard it's been happening i think that there's likely that's telling one side of the story but i think there's another part of the story that's been hey what has been bought in a way that has been completely you know more of like a contactless service that's going to be less so in the future predicting that and predicting you know how different industries different verticals really start to scale um you know over the next coming months obviously i'm expecting a big 
a big lift in and travel and and you know people starting to move around and want to go on a vacation finally so you know i am expecting a lot of those things but that's just sort of common sense it's not necessarily a data-based you know it's just reality <laughs> at this point so i agree you know the the question for me is like what is the future of this five years down the road how much location data can they really have and and what's the impact going to be when we get when we get further right this is not a it's not a snap play it's not a i've got everybody's you know location data because i have a very applicable use case so you know it is completely third party yeah uh, so it's like they're reliant on on the capture through through other parties so you know there there's definitely a a, a challenge i think in the future of that with you know there's a lot more risk and a lot less security in that plan so we'll see how that plays out yeah and and maybe there's you know maybe some of the this money you know gets applied into you know acquiring you know more first party data right um you know or being in the first party data space um directly right so i i agree i think a lot of these companies need to figure out new ways to um you know get at that data um or or you know just be directly relevant to the consumers that they want to 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 gather that data from and even have consumers participate in that so um i think there's a lot of a lot of shift coming a lot of more consolidation coming in our industry um and um but but nonetheless hey you know if somebody can raise 50 million bucks right now in this space go for it go for it right i mean this is great um you know i yeah. you know for, I, you know from our industry's point of view this is this is fabulous so i'm i'm excited for uh, uh for noam and the rest of the team over there so yep yeah. totally great all right so that's it that's our show for this week uh four stories uh, that we wanted to cover off there and some interesting, um, you know, angles, uh, uh, new approaches to, to revenue around COVID. Um, and of course, uh, a little bit of fundraising and, uh, and acquisition, uh, going on there too. So you've been listening to episode number 515 of Location Weekly. We thank you as always for your time. Please reach out if you have story ideas, uh, or suggestions. Uh, or, you know, give us some comments and some love on uh, whatever podcast uh, platform you're consuming this on. And uh, we just thank you. We'll be back next week with another show. Have a great week. Bye.